thanks again, everyone, for listening into another episode of Selling to Friends. I'm here with my co-host, John Simeon. And John, you brought another guest on to the show today. Do you want to make a quick introduction? I did. Um, we're sitting here with Jose Contreras. He works with me currently at a as an inside sales representative at HCSS. So um, he's he's worked a little bit in both worlds. I'll I'll let him speak to uh, to his experience by himself. But you know he's worked outside sales in the telecom world as well as now um, inside sales and software. So Jose, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, really excited to be here. As John was saying, yeah, I, I, for 13 of my uh, first career years, I worked at Comcast. I'm sorry for anybody that has Comcast Internet. Um, but for the last, uh, like, five of those years, four to five of those years, I was in sales, outside sales, business to business. And, uh, man, it was a great experience. Um, I came from a tech support background and a sales support background. Uh, so that brought a little bit of the uh, I hate sales mentality, you know, because all those support people hate sales for some reason. Uh, now being over here at HSS, I'm in an inside sales role. Totally different, totally interesting, uh, and, and totally different way to communicate and connect with customers. Uh, so that's uh, what I really like doing. Um, you know, I was relationship selling before it was like the big thing to do nowadays. Uh, <laughs> that's how you should have been doing it all along. Before it was yeah. a buzzword. Yeah, right. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, you know, the the difference you've seen as far as being an outside rep and an inside rep. And by the way, I've done the same worked both positions and um, Roman, you have as well, correct? To a certain extent, my, my current role uh, is about 30% travel. So um, I get out a little bit, but still primarily sitting in an office or in the last six months, primarily sitting at home. I don't Sure. So Jose, I'd say, you know, just by years of experience, you've got Roman and I beat, what have you kind of seen being a, a main differentiator between building relationships just face-to-face versus, you know, now over the phone? Yeah, so obviously I'm an old man um, <laughs> with a white quarantine beard. Um, but no, uh, so I started off doing outside sales. And so I think, one, it has to do with a person's personality first off, right? And then where you start off, because I have had inside sales people try to go outside, and they hate outside sales. It's just a different animal. Um, and like vice versa, when I started doing inside sales here, I – detested it. In fact, there were so many times where I would be at the office and they'd be like, make calls. I'd be like, I don't want to do any of that. And I'd just leave. I'd just go and go outside and door to door. So for me, outside sales, building that relationship is, was easy because I'm looking at body language. I'm looking at how they're, how they're talking back to me, but the way that they're talking back. Uh, and and I'm, I'm also, be, I'm able to see their desk, right? I'm able to see the stuff on there and connect with them with different things. They teach you all that in those little trainings, but it is just a natural thing. Hey, I see a picture that you have a kid. I'm going to connect you about that because I have too many children, uh, things like that. And I'm also able to be very quick on my feet when I'm talking in person. So I really had to learn how to do the same thing talking over the phone. And what I've actually learned is it's a similar function. You just have to slow down and really listen to what people are saying. And the word choice you use on the phone is way more important than the word choice you use in person because you can always right. laugh. Yeah, you can always glance it off to something else, but over the phone you can't. And that's something, you know, I actually had the the opposite experience. Um, I went from inside sales to outside sales. And it's funny that you mentioned slowing down over the phone um, because I did realize in person, you know, you, you want to have a little bit more up-tempo, right? You don't necessarily need to be the, 
the slow, steady, calm voice. They want to see and feel your energy, you know, in the room with them. So that's and definitely. I, I think that's one of the big things that I've noticed too, is there is a tendency, especially just in sales roles in general, is to lead with your agenda. You know, we're selling a product and that's really what we're wanting to get to. So it's really tough getting over that mental hurdle of hearing things that are outside of what we're personally interested in. So Jose, when you made that pivot from outside to inside, what what would you say that you did that effectively helped you get over that hurdle to really start listening between the lines and, and he, you know, listening more kind of to your point versus, you know, previously taking it in visually from actually working with them in person? Uh, so, so first off, I made a bunch of phone calls, and they were they were trash phone calls. They were the worst <laughs> phone calls ever. I, I was a jump in the fire kind of guy. So, uh, but I, I, anybody that's listening right now that is making this transition, either way, honestly, go out and do it. Just go make a bunch of phone calls, knock a bunch of doors. It does not matter. You don't have to know all the information. You need to, you need to learn to be versatile. The thing I had to learn about inside sales, honestly, is that I have time to actually research the company because in outside sales, I never, I didn't research anything. I just walked out and started doing stuff because my personality would carry and I had to learn, okay, this is an easier way to, to quickly engage with somebody and, and start that relationship building if I know about their company and I've really read up about it. I think you can do that in outside, I'm not discounting in outside sales, but uh, inside sales is so much more important to do your research ahead of time and know what you're gonna talk about before you actually talk to them because they could easily just hang up the phone. It's really hard for them to walk away or slam the door in your face, uh, but it's really easy for them to, to just hang up the phone on you. So the research piece was really important. It's something I never really had to do before. And, how and do especially, you especially in outside sales, uh, one second room, you know, when you're, when you're selling things like Comcast business to business internet, you're going to a, a big building you could spend a month researching every company in there or a day just walking through it. And how, and how do you tackle that, Jose? Because I, I know when I first got into working more enterprise accounts, um, there was a lot more guesswork involved, especially if you're working in the corporate space where they don't have you know, a 10K release. They don't necessarily have a ton of public information about what is most critical to the shareholders and the e-staff. So how, how did you go about it in inside sales to make sure that you had you know, effectively done research on the company versus just looking up what they do and doing a lot of guesswork about what could potentially be important to those executives. So in the latter part of my career at Comcast, uh, even though I was outside sales, I had to do a lot more strategic selling because it was very competitive at that point. Um, I had left and come back to a different landscape. And so I really started getting into the social media space a lot, not just LinkedIn, but like every social media they have. So that's part of the reason I feel like I was hired over here at HSS2 is because I have a lot of research capabilities with not just looking at their website and saying, okay, I know what they do, but I mean, I would, I would stalk people and it sounds creepy, but yeah, man, I would go on their Facebook and I would see what their likes are, their dislikes. If I could, I, I try to get any piece of information I could to make a connection with those people. And then, um, you know, finding it, like looking at news articles of what the company is doing, not just on their website, what they're showing, but what they're actually doing. Um, and seeing if I can find another connection, and that would help me know, okay, what's, what's this company thinking about? What's their direction? What kind of company are they really? Uh, because it's one thing what they show on their website. It's a totally different thing what they show when they're not trying to show anything. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I think that's really, 
Yeah, I think that's 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 really big because you know you you only have a couple seconds to really grab someone's attention. It's really hard to get a meeting today, and when you finally have it, it's, it's critical that you don't blow it and that you really come in prepared and and have a, a, as good an understanding as possible. Um, how do how do you actually pivot that into a dialogue though, or outreach? Because there there is, I mean, with with the internet, there's a wealth of knowledge that we can tap into from social media and articles, but how do you actually turn that into and a that's, conversation? That's something Roman and I have talked about before on this podcast and, and just in person, right? There's a ton of information out there. Like you were saying, you can go find out a lot about a person on their Facebook, but you know, you might not necessarily want to lead with, hey, you know, I saw you and your wife took a trip to Cancun last last summer, you know? <laughs> it's like, where's that balance between, you know, the information that's mineable and usable and that that kind of line? Yeah, and you got to be smart with what you what you say, right? Because, I mean, if I tell somebody, like you said, John, uh, hey, I know you guys took a trip to Cancun. How was it? They're like, that's weird. Um, you know, bringing up an article about something they did in the community, the community improvement or something they worked on, um, that's not as weird, but it does hit home for them. Like, wow, this person really took the time to look at what we're doing, just not outside our company. And it also shows that I don't just care about selling you a product. I really care about your business. So any kind of data that shows to this client that I care about learning about your whole business, not just what I can sell you. Um, because we have to realize that as salespeople, we're not just selling a product. We are selling ourselves, but so much more than that. I want to know about your whole company because I don't know what that could bring you, and I don't know what that could bring me. I might not be able to sell you something. You might not be able to use one of my products, but you may know somebody that does, or you may help me down the line. You may be a connection for me, or you may move into that space. So getting to know a person, period, uh, or they might move from that company into your space. There's so many different avenues. And so every call is a networking call. So using the data wisely and, and making sure it connects with them as a business and it's not creepy. It's really hard, though. I mean, you, you just can't, you can't say, like, I see that you have a dog. I love schnauzers, too. It's just, it, it has to come natural, right? So if you have trouble making that natural conversation, just practice with other people. Practice it with other people having a natural conversation. And then honestly ask somebody, would this sound weird if I told you? Just say that. Just go to your, your wife, your cousin, whoever, your, co your colleague and say, if I told you this, would this be weird to you? And if they say yes, don't say it. <laughs> right. It's, it's what all salespeople love to do, you know, the, the role play and the, hey, how does this sound, you know? I'm going to put you a you know, little I, bit. I hate role play. I, I really do. But it does have benefit. It really does. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here, Jose. So I know you have a lot more experience in the relationship selling than, than John and I do, um, just because we're still pretty green to our selling careers. Do you have an example, whether it be the result, you know, closed business for your company or maybe a relationship that led to another opportunity? Do you actually have sort of a win story uh, from your relationship selling? Uh, I, I do. I, I have a good one, man. So I walked into this one place, and it's very interesting. So I walked in there, and it was like a mobile scooter place, right? And uh, I knew nothing about that company, but kind of looked around. The lady talked to her, said, hey, you know, I'd like to talk to you about your internet service. Um, really lame pitch. It's totally fine. And uh, she goes, yeah, sure. Let's, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm eating lunch right now. And I, I said, yeah, no, I don't want to bother you during your lunch break. I was super nice about it. And trying to be, you know, the friendly salesperson, she goes, come back, you know, in an hour or two, whatever. So I called her before I headed over there. She goes, you know what? Never mind. We made the decision. We went with another provider. I'm like, oh, okay. 
I really wish I had the chance to get your business, blah, blah, blah. So what I did for the next five months is I would contact her on the regular. And I would just ask, hey, I know that, you know, you were done to this company. How did that go? How, how did that really, you know? And I started to talk to her about her business. I started to talk to her about all her problems that she was having. But the whole time I was just asking, you know, hey, how's that going with other companies? And I, and I wasn't doing it to like, honestly, in my head, I was not doing it to like try to catch them or sell them. I really just cared because we never had that connection to talk about, you know, have a really sit down meeting. I was like, I really want to know what's going on with your business. I really want to know and make sure that you're taken care of because I, I met you for a brief moment and now we've talked for a couple months and every time I would call her, it'd be another problem, another problem. I never did. I never dissed the other company. I never pitched anything to her ever. All I said was, Oh, that's crummy. You know, I'm going to check back with you in a week and I'm going to see how that or, or in a month, you know, when they said they're going to do something and just see how it went. Cause I want to make sure that you are taken care of. And after five months of calling her every single month, she told me, Jose, I'm going to switch from this other provider, and I'm going to tell you why. She goes, I have tried to call my sales rep at this other provider for the past three weeks, and I have not gotten a hold of him. And then I found out he moved to another company. He left. You have called me every single month on the dot and talked to me, yeah. did not try to pitch me anything, did not try to sell me anything, just cared about what I was doing. Uh, so I'm going, to go with, I'm going to go with Comcast, go with you guys. So, Yeah, I think, I think, that's, no. I think that's the big thing is being present. So, you know, I think it's something both when you close a deal and maybe one day you do leave the company and you want to have that clean handoff, but maybe it's the case where they go with a competitor. I've had multiple conversations across my sales career where there is a lot of buyer's remorse. So just because someone ends up using another product doesn't mean the conversation's over. But the thing is, you only can enter that sort of mentality if you forget your agenda at the door. If you're really focused on that's best for them and looking at exactly. them as a potential, you know, potential connection as someone that's added to your network versus, hey, just what can I get out of you? And you know, how big a commission check gonna be? I think it's about leaving your agenda at the door and really leading what's with what's important to them and being present and, and that will come back to you. And on top of that, Jose, what I what I really liked that you were saying was it it was um checking your agenda at the door like Roman said, but genuinely caring about this person and what's going on right it's more than just checking your agenda it's actually truly caring you know because you can check your agenda and, and blow people off still but if you genuinely care about what they're doing what they're going through that's when you have those those types of wins and, and that's a hard thing because salespeople we get a bad rap right honestly um i've i've given that rap to salespeople before. Like, I don't like salespeople because I think they're unscrupulous, right? I don't think they care about me. And, and, and I wouldn't say that, I honestly couldn't say that most salespeople don't. I think in some industries it's different, right? But um, the more we try and work on caring about people as a whole, not just their company or what, like, like Rowan said, what my commission check's gonna be. Uh, here's the deal, I still care about my commission check. Ask John, I care about it. I really talk about it all the time. I really do care because I want to say- We all do, but, we all do. Yeah. That's what makes us good salespeople. But what makes you elevate a, a better than other salespeople and make people recognize that you're not just trying to sell me something is really truly caring. And if you can't care about somebody, if you can't check your agenda at the door, uh, I don't. I don't. You got to go through sensitivity training or something. I don't know what to, I don't know what to do for you. You really have to care. And, and it's not like I care about every single. Here's the deal. I don't care about every single client, but I have to work to care. I have to work to make sure that that is. That is what I'm doing every single time I talk to somebody. So, and, and I'll lead you into something. It's funny that you bring that up. Um, 
it's definitely hard, you know, especially in an inside sales role to feel that connection with every person you talk to. What do you find, you know, obviously you have the people that you just click with. What do you kind of find when, when you're not gelling with somebody, um, you know, but we're still in a sales cycle, what do you find? And then I'll, I'll tell you what I, what I think too. Uh, first off, I really suck at this. Like I said, I, I'm really good in person, hard over the phone. This is a dip. This is Johnny brings a good point. This is really difficult inside sales. Outside, you can do something. You can you can mimic the way they are. You can body language mimic. You can do all these things. Inside, you can't mimic their tone. I mean, you can mimic tone a little bit, but if they're harsh, you don't want to be harsh back to them. It's not the same right. thing, right? Um, I think there's a way of t- talking and dialect that you can mimic somebody, but you have people that don't want to give you information. They don't want to, you know, they just have a dry. I've talked to so many people with dry, dry personalities, and my personality is not dry. Um, it's really just about finding something that excites them, man, and that's hard, right? But you have to ask certain questions and really listen to them. Really listen to this person and find out what is ex- what excites this person. You know, the, the first thing you should honestly do is just ask them about their job. People like to talk about themselves um, and find out, you know, you know what, why do you like this? Why do you take this job? Ask, you got to ask those from the very beginning, though. It's hard to do it later on, um, but ask them from the beginning and try to make it easy because once you find out what excites them, um, it clicks and they, they really feel that connection with you. And listen, listen to what excites them and, and, and don't act like you know about it. Don't pretend. It's none of that. It's like, oh, I, I didn't know anything about that. You know, just be real. Be really real with people. Even if you say, oh, I, you know, I don't like that. I don't like sports and this is why. Because it's a real conversation you're having and now they realize that I'm not just talking to some salesperson. I'm talking to a real person who has real feelings about things and they actually care about what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think you you hit the nail on the head, right? It's the finding what excites people, finding what they're passionate about. Roman and I have discussed finding your customers why, right? It's why do you get up and do your job every day? And that's that's different from person to person. What I've kind of seen work, you know, specifically over the phone is like you said bringing up, "Hey, what what got you into this position?" and then going back to that genuinely caring no, I don't know anything about um, you know project management and construction firms. Oh, okay, so this is something that you you known that you wanted to do since you were a kid, you know. And then they when you get them on that reel of talking about something they're passionate about, something they care about, and you're just there to learn and listen. I think that's where you get a lot out of people. What do you think, Roman? And I I think it is, and I think what's really important is being sincere about those interests. So you can ask someone what their interests are on a call, but I think it's actually engaging them. I, I knew a rep, for instance, who what he would do is when he would have those personal connections, especially if it was something that he was similarly interested in, maybe he would share a story that he saw because his news feed is tailored to what his interests are. He's like, hey, look, this is super cool. Saw this completely unrelated to the sale. Something just that he thought was cool and that he could share out with the potential prospect. And it really creates a richer relationship because the response would be something as simple as, oh, that's awesome. You know, hadn't seen that versus the expected response of, hey, what are our next steps? And like, right, I have to find time on my calendar. It's a very right. different dynamic focusing on tapping into what's important to them. So I think I think the challenge is um, that, that all salespeople see is that we obviously have we obviously want to build real relationships. We read about the success of it, understand how having that, uh, you know, a solid brand and 
focusing on that networking first mentality can really benefit you in your sales career, your personal life, whatever it may be. So when you're an individual contributor and you have that quota set forth by your leader, but you're also trying to make sure that you are focusing on creating real relationships, how do you balance that velocity of the sales cycle with that genuine approach to selling? I mean, I guess you're talking about like, hey, you need to do this much. You have this quota, you have something like, I need you to do this or hit these. Okay, gotcha. Right. Yeah, so and that's hard, right? Because especially especially in outside sales-driven kind of telecommunication style, because they will ride you hard, man. I'm just telling you, if anybody's not in that kind of role, <laughs> it, it's not easy. It's, I'm not trying to steer anybody from that because it's good money and it's good work, honestly. And I, I loved it. I, I really did until I didn't like it anymore. Um, but uh <laughs> But re- really taking the time because every single – your time is so valuable and so important. It is. It really is. And you – I want to just reiterate that for the listeners. Your time is very valuable. No matter what role you're in, no matter what you're selling, no matter what your numbers look like, your time is so valuable. But if you're investing it the right kind of way, not just, not just shop with somebody, but really trying to get to know somebody, um, it's going to pay dividends. Now – Every conversation should not be a, we're going to gap for an hour and a half. You know, you really have to tailor it, keeping it. One thing I like to do, have an agenda. If you have an agenda, when you go into a meeting or a conversation, whether you're outside, it's, I think it's even more outside, but inside too. And you have to have some kind of agenda of what you're going to go through. That lets you keep back on track. And, and by agenda, you mean like a schedule, not a personal agenda. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, not in a personal agenda, but a schedule of what we're going to talk about, and then be be upfront about it with your prospect. Hey, this is what we're going to go through. Leave time in there to have those conversations and really get somewhere, and and don't make it so rigid where you have to stick to it. But know that I need to get these things. You know, this is this is what I need to get through, or this is what we need to get through for your benefit and mine. But there's definitely time to get to know somebody, and then really honing in and asking those good questions that bring a lot of meat, right? And learning those questions. And they're different. Uh, People want to have question lists and all that. I'm telling you guys, it's different for you. It's always different for you. It'll come out differently. If you try to use the way I sell, you're probably not not going to do right because you don't have my personality. Um, I can draw more out with some simple question that you can't. You might have to ask a different question or two more. But knowing those questions that you have to draw that out of people will make those calls go by so much quicker, and you won't spend so much time getting to that, you know, really important piece. Uh, But don't. Don't let your goal that you're given by leadership or a number dissuade you from being genuine and real and having good conversations with people because it will pay dividends later. Even if you're getting reamed out by your boss, it'll pay dividends later. Have you felt that with with everything going on with coronavirus, these conversations have gotten easier or, or harder? And the reason I ask is because, you know, normally if I was on camera, I'd probably be wearing a polo or just some collared shirt. I'm wearing a T-shirt. That's when I see a lot of the clients that I'm working with where, where there's a lot more of a, a laid back atmosphere. And additionally, I mean, you think, John, your mom walked into the call earlier, you know, so she did. Yeah. We're, we're, we're sitting in a, a house, you know, reminded, you know, that we have our friends, that we have our family, and that's even more top of mind than when you're sitting in the office. So how has that changed your experience, especially on relationship selling and just selling in general over the last five months? Honestly, I think it makes it a lot easier, and I'll tell you why. Because this is something we're experiencing together. Nobody's immune from this, right? So it automatically, I'm sharing something with the person on the phone. Everybody is affected by this. 
everybody's hit by it. Um, so it, it actually makes it actually makes us closer together right off the bat. And if, if, if you don't think so or if you feel like you want to shy away from talking about it because it's, you know, it's top of mind, I don't think we should shy away from what's going on. Every single call I'm talking about what's going on in the world, it may not be a long part of it, but it is to say, hey, we're going through this together. So I understand if you're in your T-shirt all right, home, I understand if your dog barks or your kid cries, I don't care about any of that. And if you hear the same, you shouldn't care about it either. Uh, we're all in this together. But let's figure out, you know, business still needs to get done. I still want to help you. And, but I understand the situation we're in right now. And I, I, I do believe it brings us together. And it's a little easier to get into some good, serious conversations about why, like, the reason we're making this decision, especially in the middle of a pandemic. Like, why are you deciding to buy software in the middle of a pandemic? Like, that's not a, I don't, right. not, not everybody's making that choice. Why would you, why would you do that? So, I think it makes those conversations a lot easier and people are a little more raw to talk about things uh, in a realistic way. At least that's what I've experienced. And what I will say as well, you know, is definitely is the case across the United States with the coronavirus. But like I'm up here in Dallas now because we thought that Hurricane Laura was going through Houston. That's something that, you know, even not necessarily on a global scale, but if you have something impacting your community that you can bring up and talk to people about, you know, Hey, how, how'd you guys fare? I know you, you know, you've got some jobs you're working in Louisiana. Is everybody okay? You know, and again, going back to that genuinely caring, I've been doing a lot of calls with my customers along the Gulf coast, just, Hey, you guys ready for this? You know, and again, going back to building that relationship and it's something to, to talk about if you genuinely, as you should care about people. And I think too, yeah, it's, yeah, just to just to add on that real quick, I think we're we're in a cool place to where leaders are similarly understanding that business spend is down. I mean, it's just the case, which means there's so much focus today on relationship selling and really focusing first on the, the client. As a sales rep, we have as sales reps just in general, we have the opportunity to start really practicing that because there are certain deals, for instance, or certain conversations that I'm still having where I know spend isn't there, it's potentially gonna happen down the line, which makes it easier just by default that I'm not like, okay, are we gonna get a deal signed next week? We already know that's off the table and it allows us right. to step back and focus more what's on them. And if at the end of the day, if we walk away, there's no spend, richer network, you know, better connection. I've had people refer me over to other companies for a conversation. Um, so I think it's a, a good opportunity, you know, staying positive, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely is, man. And I would, I would like to piggyback with John's point about local happenings. I mean, whether you're a local, you know, because a lot of inbound sales is, you know, you're calling everywhere. It's a national right. deal usually. Um, so know your, know your place you're calling. Know the place that's calling into you. Whatever it is, understand the areas that you're working on and what's going on, local politics, whatever it is. You really have to know what's going on so that you can speak intelligently about that and connect people, especially if you don't live there. That's what I'm learning because when I was outside sales, it was Houston. We talked about the same thing. It was easy, right? right? Now, I'm calling people in Pennsylvania. I've never been to Pennsylvania. I have no idea what's going on in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania shut down for the whole coronavirus, you know, in the, in the beginning. So I had to know that ahead of time before I called them. Callously and was like, hey, you guys ready to buy some software when you're laying off after your employees, you know? So don't be a bonehead. Know what's going on. And, and it goes back to really caring about the clients, though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I had, um, I think we're going to, we're, we're kind of close on time here, but one question I actually want to go back to the very beginning 
of the conversation. Something that you mentioned right at the beginning was you were someone who looked in at sales as something that you sort of despised and you still think a lot of salespeople today can be a little bit slimy. What changed that viewpoint and um, how did your mindset shift and what recommendations do you have to listeners to tap into that mindset as they continue their sales career or even just have a different outlook on the sales world in general? For sure. Yeah, no. Um, so the reason I got into sales in the first place was not to make a bunch of money, um, even though it's, it's nice, <laughs> but it was because I was in sales support. And when you're in support of salespeople, I'm telling you guys right now, thank your support people. Just even if they're jerks, just thank your support people because they are helping you close business, hopefully. Uh, so they're helping you close business. They're helping you do these deals. And so I see a lot of disgruntled customers who were misinformed, right? Not necessarily lied to, just misinformed. People that stuff were left out. They didn't build a relationship with the, the salesperson, didn't build a relationship with them, and then left them high and dry. You know, I can't right. get a hold of my salesperson. The most thing I've heard when I was in sales support. So I was talking to my wife and I was just like frustrated about, you know, complaining about salespeople like most support people do. And uh, she said, have you thought about getting a sales? I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to carry a quota. And then I realized like I can be a different kind of salesperson. I can be a kind of person that's not going to leave someone high and dry that really cares about the customer. And, and I didn't know what I was getting myself into because then I got into sales <laughs> and I understood it. I understood why salespeople are the way they are about support people because it's my, it, it, it's, it's my money, right? And I care about my money. Nobody else in the organization cares about my money <laughs> except me. Uh, and that's the way it feels, right? But I, the cool thing is I had, I had both sides of it, right? So what I would advise for salespeople is to, one, really talk to yourself to support staff if you can, right? Really get to know their pain points, their things, how you can do things better, how you can help support and work together in tandem with them. Um, and then, two, you have to care. You have to care about the customer. If you, and, and, and not just once you get the contract signed and then, okay, I don't care anymore because I got my money, right? You really have to care after the fact. That's, that's, that, that probably is the more important thing to learn is even if you didn't have a relationship beforehand, like something was handed to you, make a relationship after that. Keep in touch. Make sure that they're taken care of. Not have to handhold everything, but call them up. Find out how things are going, right? Even though it may not be your prerogative or, you know, like especially at Comcast, it was more like one and done. But I called my customers all the time. Hey, how you doing? I'd stop by in their, in their office. Hey, how you doing? How's everything going with the service? Even though I knew it was going to be a problem sometimes, I still did it because I really cared about them as a customer, not just as a dollar sign because I already got my money. And it wasn't even like so they could refer me. I just really cared about these people and wanted to make sure that my brand, because I don't, this, is one thing, this is one thing I always tell people, and you, you got to carry this around as a salesperson. If you buy from me and it fails, you're not mad at Comcast. You're mad at Jose. I failed you. It's my name on the board. You're going to tell your friends, if Jose comes around, don't get anything from him. Even if that's not necessarily the case, for you, think, think of that in your head. Really put that in your head. This is my brand. This is who I am. Um, and make sure that your brand is above board. Even if everybody else in your company is messing up, man, you're different. You're a different person. You can be better. Um, and just keep that. Keep your head up and just keep that in the forefront of your mind, man. Your brand is and when you. It's funny the the two things you mentioned I think go very part and parcel you know um, talking to your support staff um, in your company and then caring about your customers I think it sounds like what we're really getting at is work with people as people right regardless yeah. of it's internally or externally for sure you got, you you have to 
And I think I think that's a great place to close, Jose. I think there's there's no better advice than that. I think remembering that your brand is really separate from the companies and that you know that that is something that's going to carry across your career. And you need to make sure that regardless of the product, regardless of your leaders, regardless of the company, you're bringing the best version of yourself, being genuine in every conversation and really trying to drive value for for those that you're connecting with and speaking. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Well, Jose, thanks for thanks for joining in today. Um, I, you know, really helpful conversation. I, I love these conversations because not only does it hopefully help any audience that listens in, but it's definitely beneficial Helping to us John as well. and I as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for everyone who, who listened in today and look forward to having you guys on again soon.